welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Turn with me to the book of John, New Testament, chapter 8. And some of you might have seen the little uh, promo we put on Facebook or even on the sign out front here about Sunday morning today and maybe for a few Sundays, I'm not sure. But it's entitled, Be Real Dash Be Free. Anybody interested in Be Free? then according to Jesus, you're going to have to be real about some things. Can I get a witness? Do you want to be free? Well, you're going to have to be real. You can't be false. You can't cover up. You can't be deceptive. You can't be a liar. You can't be hiding if you want the free part. And did you know there is nothing like being free because you're being real. Anybody ever hear the expression, um, be yourself, everyone else is already taken? We were at a graduation, I think it was Nikki's graduation, my niece, in Delta years ago. And I remember at her graduation, we were outside in Delta, it was kind of cold and rainy, but I I was listening to the speaker and that's what the guy said. The guy said, you know, graduating class, here's what you need to remember. Be yourself, see it's right up there, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. Why would you want to be somebody else anyway? We don't need another one of them. Right. We need your uniqueness. We need your unique fingerprint, so to speak. Your, your unique gifts and talents. And you've got to watch out about being a clone. Be a follower, definitely. Be a follower, for sure, of Jesus. But he doesn't want you to be a clone. He made you unique. He wants you to exhibit the same grace, the same love, your unique gifts and talents, but but be you in Him without being a clone. People, a lot of times people get so insecure they feel like they have to be like somebody else they look up to, not realizing they're getting further and further away from the satisfaction that they really want in their life. You know, you and I have got to realize we are cool already. Stop trying to be what Jesus already made you. Stop trying to get one more achievement to be and to feel good about yourself you got to learn to be yourself because everybody else is already taken anyway. So be you in Jesus. Don't worry about And don't, don't worry about covering up all the blemishes all the time. You don't need to pretend. <laughs> Are you following me? Be yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, be yourself. <laughs> be yourself. So let me just share this with you. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten titles for today's message. <laughs> and right on the top is be real, be free. So maybe there's subchapters. I don't know. But let's go to John chapter 8. And let's look at what Jesus said here about freedom and how it's connected to being a truthful, real person. So John chapter 8, verse 31 and verse 32. This is Jesus talking Two people who already believed in him. So does the Lord have a word for believers? So I'm a believer. I don't know. Is Jesus talking? Yeah, he's talking to you. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. What's your word, Lord, to believers? 
If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Next verse. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, today I want to talk about the honesty part of truth and how being honest will make you free. Is this okay? Yes. We can talk about angels. No. We can talk about the Antichrist. No. How about some other time? Yeah. Today we need to talk about the truth making you free. If you are going to walk in truth, you're going to walk free in this life. Let me tell you what bondage is. Having to cover up, having to deceive people to think that things are really different than the way they really are. That's bondage. As a matter of fact, John 8, 44, and we won't go there right now, but John 8, 44 says that Jesus talking to the religious leaders of his day, he actually said, you are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and there's no truth in him. And he is the father of lies. He's a liar and a liar from the beginning. He's the father of lies. So right there, you kind of realize that, you know what? If we're lying, who are we like? <laughs> who are we? Well, the father of lies is the devil. All right. Break. Stop. Break. Everybody has missed it in this area, I'm sure. You may think, well, I never lied. Well, maybe not in the sense of that you, you just outright lied about something you did. May, but you know, there's such a thing as polite lies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by polite lies? Polite lies. Oh, hey, hi, you look great today. <laughs> just without even thinking. Oh, it's so good to see you. And you wish they never showed up. <laughs> lies, they're called convenient lies. And they're still lies, and they're still from <laughs> somebody you don't want to be like. <laughs> right? Convenient. Um, <clears throat> lies that, to get out of stuff. Well, no, we can't go because we got something else going on. Why you just tell me you don't feel like going? <laughs> how about, instead of saying, well, I can't make it, how about I just, I don't want to go? Thank you for the invitation. Be nice about it. Be nice, right? There is a, such a thing as a positive no. Mm -hmm. yeah. Would you like to go out with us? Um, yes, we would. <clears throat> um, but right now, this time, no, because we want to rest at home tonight because we've had a hard week. Um, but yes, maybe some other time. Kind of the yes, no, yes syndrome, you know? You know the, 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 pro, the formula? People, you need to know this in your businesses. Yes, no, yes is a very powerful leadership trait because it promotes being honest. But I think we need to, you know, I mean, you just, you, you see it in marriages at times, you know, they, at the beginning of a marriage, the, the wife says, honey, did you like that stew that I just made? And, and the husband goes, I better say yes because I just married this woman and I don't want to have a fight on my hand. And they go, oh, honey, it was really good. Some of the best stew I've ever tasted. And it wasn't. Well, what's going to happen 10 years down the road? <laughs> That's going to come up. Let, let me say something about lies. Let me tell you something about lies. You've got to understand this about lies. When you lie or when you just deceive somebody, fix it immediately, like within five seconds if you can. 
you know, the five second rule falls on the floor, pick it up with a, if you can, because then it doesn't take root. It doesn't take root. Are you following me? Because the sooner you deal with it, the sooner that becomes past history in your life and the healing can take place. There's some people haven't been truthful about some things from 10 years ago. And it's not really in the past like they think until they're honest with the people they need to be honest with. And then the healing can begin. Everybody say the truth shall make you free. So um, do this with me. Go to the book of Psalms. Verse 85. I'm kind of guessing all of us at one time or another have lied politely, boldly, a little, a lot. Somebody tell me, what's a little white lie? A lie. lie. (laughs) So what are we talking about today? We're talking about getting free and living free. Hmm? We're talking about, you know, it's interesting to think, you know, some of these guys that have been, you know, uh, turn themselves in for, you know, committing terrible crimes and felonies, whether it was robbing a bank and murder in the process or whatever. It's interesting to see that a lot of these guys, they turn themselves in later, even though they got away with it, so to speak, because they can't handle the bondage of thinking someday I'm going to get caught. They, they, they got away with the crime, but they're in bondage because they haven't been honest about it. You following me? I mean, that's bondage. You know, they know they're still investigating it. They know it's something that's very serious. And they get to the point where they say, you know what? I'd rather be in jail and free than walking out here, not in jail, in torment on the inside, thinking someday I'm going to be busted. Just get the healing started. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a little drastic, but you understand what I'm saying. I, um, I was pondering this and, you know, we deal with a lot of people and, you know, people dealt with us and... I'm almost getting to the point where I think it's easier to deal with an honest sinner than a lying saint. I mean, the worst thing in life is not what you've done. It's being deceptive about it. Because anything can be forgiven. Anything can be washed clean by the blood. Do you know why it's so bad to live in a lie? Because you can't get forgiven for something you're not truthful about. And that's called a drag. Walking in the light means, hey, I've done some stuff I shouldn't have done, didn't do some stuff I should have done, made some stupid mistakes, totally messed up in this area. But if you're walking in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ automatically cleanses you from all sin. But you can't be, you can't get mercy for something you're not truthful about. So, therein is Psalm 85, verse 10. It's a very short psalm. You should read the whole thing when you go home. The Bible says, we could say the Spirit of God says, through the psalmist, mercy and truth meet together. Now, let me ask you a question. What can mercy do for you other than save your life from hell? (laughs) It gets you healed. 
Come on, you'll see scriptures in the New Testament where people cried out for mercy and Jesus healed them physically. So there is a healing mercy. Hmm? One thing interesting, too, about the New Testament is the people that came to Jesus, they were 100% honest about their problem, and then the Lord was able to heal them. I mean, you talk about detail. Jesus, my servant, lies at home, sick totally of the palsy, grievously tormented. So that's a terrible confession. Really? Because the guy got healed. Maybe it was an acknowledgement of truth. Well, we're just believing everything's okay. How's everything at home? Well, that's just fine. Everything. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing just great. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just need to fess up and say everything ain't so great right now. And I need help. Now, God can work with that. God can totally, even the guy that said, who had, who had a son, who was having epilepsy. And right then when Jesus was talking to him, the guy took a fit. And it was a spirit this time. Not all epilepsy is that, but this was that. And, and the guy said this. The guy said, Lord, because Jesus said, hey, listen, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Come on, believe, buddy. Come on, get with me here. And the guy said, Lord, my son is having a fit. You're telling me if I believe, all things are possible to him that believes. I believe. Help my unbelief. And we go, terrible confession. Really? Because right after he said, help my unbelief, Jesus healed his son totally. Yes, we don't focus on, go over and over again. Tell everybody on Facebook, all our problems, every day, all the time. But acknowledging something. To the Lord. You better watch out about who you acknowledge your problems to. They're going to come down to your level and go, oh, what was you? Got to watch out who you tell your problems to because they may agree with you that it's going to stay a while and that you're in bad shape and you don't want somebody agreeing with you for that junk to get worse. David said, I pour out my complaint to the Lord. One of the most honest people in the Bible who made some of the greatest mistakes of anybody in the Bible was King David. And the mistakes he made were bad, but they were not able to destroy him or take him out because he was honest about him. He didn't talk about every detail of the, you know, the, the gross, gory details. And if you want to know the gross, gory details of somebody's sin, you got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what? What are, you, what are you trying to excite in yourself by knowing all the gross details of somebody's sin? Yeah. Some, somebody got a problem. Love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Love doesn't even want to hear about the junk unless they're coming to you for help. Right. <laughs> I remember one time I was talking to a, a friend of mine above me in the Lord about some things. And I said, I said, can I just tell you about some of these things? And the person said, you don't have to. I understand, you know, you messed up, you're, you're getting things right. I said, but can I tell you the details? The person said, you don't have to. Don't need to. But I said, but can I anyway? He said, sure, go ahead. And I still didn't give all the gory details, so to speak. But people that care don't need to know. Right. Sometimes just uh, some, I made some misjudgments. Right. Okay. Great, let's, let's get restored, repent, let's go on, let's believe God that it doesn't happen again. Amen. Move forward. So do you, do you like this scripture? Go ahead and show it again, Alexander. Put it up there again. Mercy and truth 
are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Mercy and truth meet together. So if you want mercy, or can I say this? If you want peace, if you want deliverance, if you want healing, if you want joy again, if you want salvation, where is it? It's on the path of being truthful. Yeah. Now, when it comes to being truthful at times, you, you need to understand it takes courage at times to be truthful because you might get a mess on your hands for a while. It's called sacrificial honesty. God notices that kind of life. He knows what you're giving up in the name of being honest for his word's sake. He knows what you might lose. He knows what you might fall behind in. He knows what kind of deal you might lose if you're going to be honest. And I tell you, that gets God's attention. I don't even think that the kingdom of darkness is really based on hate or violence. I think the kingdom of darkness is based mostly on deception. And it seems to me that God's more interested in protecting the church from deception than even some other violent things that try to happen. Because what did he stop immediately in Acts chapter 5 so the church wasn't infected anymore? People who lied. I mean, it was an interesting story. A lot of people don't like to read Acts chapter 5 about Ananias and Sapphira. But, and and it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, but... Um, deception is one thing that will stop a move of God. Persecution seems to just make it go farther, you know. I mean, when they were persecuting the early church, they multiplied. It was like the cartoon where they smashed the little rabbit and it turned into a thousand rabbits, you know. It's like, but deception? That's something that is serious in God's eyes. And, and we have to watch out. And again, again, we've all messed, messed up in some of these areas. But today's a new day. It's not what you've done that matters. It's what you do afterwards. Everybody say, fresh start. Fresh start. All right, so you got this verse. Mercy and truth have met together. I want to say this about that, too, because sometimes spouses need to talk. You know, it's, it's no fun living with somebody that you love and having secrets from that person. And again, I'm not talking about bringing up all kinds of gory te- details of your pa- past before you're married. But, you know, especially since you've been married, though, I think couples need to get in the habit of talking at least once a week in a very mature way. You know what I mean? You got five minutes. I say nothing. And then I get five minutes and they say nothing. You purpose that. We're not going to freak out and get ballistic, no matter what we hear. And really, for those kind of conversations to take place and to be right, the person that needs to be truthful about something, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be a better flow if they know the person they're going to be talking to will have at least be open to mercy about it. But... It's just the other way around, too. If the person that's about ready to pull the rug out from somebody, if they don't be truthful, they won't get no mercy. Are you following me here? It, it kind of like, it's kind of like you just, 
I just believe it's time for some spring cleaning spiritually in our church. I think it would be good to sit down with people that you know you need to talk to about some things. If you're single, then there's leaders in the church you can talk to. And here's the cool thing. We will be merciful. All we're interested is in restoration and go, go, go. Get back in the race. Come on. Maybe a little time to rest or maybe a little time to recoup or whatever. But all anybody in Faith Heights Church on our staff, if anybody comes to us, our goal is to restore. Did you know confessing your sins to somebody else is not punishment for the offender? It's restoration for the offender. Getting it off their chest. Fessing up. No more hiding. Looking over the shoulder. And and, and it works really good if the one needing to confess something knows they've got somebody loving and merciful to confess it to. (laughs) And, And the other way around, though, too. All right, so let me, let me just share a couple more things here. Um, everybody say the clock is not pastor's God. <laughs> um, let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 32. The sooner you deal with it, the sooner it becomes history. Yeah. And how many know a few years between you and that stupid thing feels good, better than a few seconds, right? So the sooner we can get it in the past, the better. And, you know, I I don't want people to to look at this as a bondage thing. You know, there's timing involved. I know there's a leading of the Spirit. But really, the sooner we deal with some of these things, the sooner it's in the past. You know what I mean? How how awesome it is just to, you know what? This is who I am! I did this! I'm sorry! If you leave me, I understand. At least I have the peace of God. You'd rather have the peace of God than anything. And I know there's times people have to part ways. Maybe it's for because the thing that was done was so bad and there's scriptural reasons to get out and it just can't be repaired. We understand that. But maybe there's times it happened because people jumped too quick and said, and went ballistic and said, it's over, I can't take this anyway, blah, 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 gone. And something could have been restored. Right. Do you know Jeremiah 3? Uh, let's see, Alexander. I'm going to see if you can find Jeremiah 3, 1 real quick. I just want to show you something here. Uh, this applies to so many areas because this, this goes into every other area. But um, God had something to say in Jeremiah 3, in verse 1. They say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Shall not the land be greatly polluted? But you, talking about Israel, but you have played the harlot with many lovers. Yet return again to me, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. What he's saying here is, listen, a lot of you have split up and gotten, you know, remarried and other stuff. And, and then, you know, just... There's some things that could be polluted and if you don't fix these things. But he said, here, listen, but you, Israel, listen, this is what the love of God, the love of God says, you know what, I'll, let's, let's try again. Right. It reminds me of love. Love endures all, everything without weakening. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. The love of God, and you can go a little farther. Not that you have to, not that it's bondage, but what if something could be restored? Let's say, let's say, after this meeting, sometime in the future, not too far from now, spouses have a talk. And one spouse is realizing they got to reveal something to the other spouse. And they know they could lose everything in the process. 
But one thing you won't lose, if you're honest, is you won't lose the peace of God. It'll only get stronger. And it's a peace a person can't give you. And if you think that person is everything, then you put them in too high of a place, and it's your fault if you crash when they leave because you put them in a place only Jesus was supposed to be in. But let's say you just tell somebody and it just pulls the rug out under, from out under your spouse. What do you do at a time like that? Well, you remember the message you heard on Sunday at Faith Heights Church. Don't go ballistic. Give mercy some time. Give mercy a chance to work because miracles happen when truth and mercy meet together. Are you following me? I said miracles happen. There's some people that have gotten out of relationships they wish they hadn't gotten out of. But God blesses them as they go on and things are okay. And there should be no regret because God fixes things. He makes all things new. He works with our mistakes. He still helps us to go higher. Be happy. Be, be content. But um, do this. Did I say go to Psalm 32? Go to Psalm 32. And... Um, let me, let me share this before we read this verse here. This whole psalm is amazing, but let me, let me re- share this with you. Some people need to be honest before God, and they need to say, God, I know the way I'm living is sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why am I laughing? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why I'm laughing. I guess to make the medicine go down easier. Um, some people need to be honest before God, and they need to say this. God, I know that the way I'm living is sin. But can you help me not to like it anymore? Yeah. That's being honest, right? right? And there's a scripture that says God will work in you both to will yes. and to do of his good pleasure. He'll give you a want to get out. Amen. And even if you want, if, let's say, I don't want to get out of this situation. I like it. But I want to want to get out of it. Amen. He'll help you to want to want to get out of it. Yeah. And then you'll want to get out of it. And then pretty soon you'll be out of it because you don't want it no more. Yeah. But it takes a working. He works. It's a work. It's not an automatic miracle. It's a work. Amen. It's a work. People need to say, God, I realize I'm I'm, I'm living in sin according to your word. Can you help me to grow up so I don't love this thing more than you anymore? What are you talking about? Now you're going to get somewhere. You're being honest. It's better than covering it up and saying, it ain't no big deal. Or or, I'm living under grace. God understands. How about just fess up and say, God, I'm living in something right now that's pleasurable. But... I don't want to love it any more than your word anymore. Now he can do something with you. Instead of just covering it up and pretending and going to a church that doesn't teach anything about these things so you can still feel comfortable all your life in the sin that you're in. We shouldn't feel comfortable in our sin. We should let the light shine. Let the light shine in. Pull back the drapes and we're going to, whoa, whoa, is that? Oh my goodness. Ah! Right. But at least you got, you're free. Now mercy can come on the scene and fix everything. And you're going to realize, you know what? I and a zillion other people have done the same stupid things. (laughs) Hiding is bondage. Pretending is hard on your insides. Look at Psalm 32. Let's just read a few verses here, starting in verse 1. This is a psalm of David. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. Interesting, forgiven and covered. But it ain't you covering it. Yeah. Amen. That's right. It's the Lord covering it. Glory. Thank you, Lord. 
Hmm? There is a covering. Actually, it's so interesting because if you if you just be real with God and let him turn you and convert you and, and, and let his mercy. You know, what the Bible says he that converts a sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins. You're not the one hiding it. You confessed it to God and the person you might need it to confess it to. Friend, can I just say this? When it comes, who do you confess your sins to? This scripture is going to tell us first and foremost to God. Don't play any games with the Lord. If you see it in his word and you understand it, but you're living like opposite of that anyway, come to God and say, God, I'm missing it. Don't really want to change. Can you help me want to change? Now what? You can get somewhere with the Lord now. But if you're just kind of pushing and saying, well, grace is taking care of that. Grace is taking care of that. Jesus loves me. If I, really, if, 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 I, if, I, if I think grace is what I really think it is, it's okay. I'm forgiven. Yeah, but listen, church, if you're doing something against, constantly, except that something is okay in the name of grace or whatever, and you keep going the wrong direction that you know is wrong, friend, what are you going to do if something really bad comes your way and you need strong faith to overcome it? Your faith is going to be like a withered leaf on a hot tin roof. It's not that God doesn't want to set people free. It's that their faith is so hurt by living a way they know they're not supposed to be living. And what is all this about? Freedom. Let me tell you something, church. When it comes to pleasurable things that we know are not right, and don't kid yourself. Sin is fun. Be honest. The Bible talks about the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin is fun. Turn to your neighbor and say, sin is fun. But don't you do it. (laughs) Don't you do it. We'd be lying to say it's not fun to give in to lusts of the flesh and lusts of the mind, desires. We'd be lying. It's fun. But the fun is for a season And you know in your heart it's not what your father wants for you. And that hurts your faith. And you don't want hurt faith if you just got a bad doctor's report. It's not about God not wanting to heal you if you get a bad doctor's report. It's about your faith being withered. Not being able to receive and boldly resist the devil or whatever come against you. Hmm. <laughs> so, Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Next verse. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. So he's not talking about this man is blessed because he's never missed it. This man is blessed because he's been honest and received mercy for something he knew he needed mercy for. You can't be pardoned for something you're not truthful about. Everybody talks about what's the unpardonable sin? What's the unpardonable sin? Well, right here is one, one thing you could realize. You can't be pardoned from it if you're not truthful about needing pardoned. How can God forgive you for something you're not thinking you don't need forgiveness for. It's called walking in the light. It's called being honest. Everybody said, let's be honest. 
come on, let's be, yeah, it, it's kind of like spring cleaning. I know it's like being honest means things are coming out of the closet. Things are coming out of the drawer and now it's all over the floor on the counter and it's going to get, I promise it'll get messy at first. <sighs> spring cleaning gets messy at first. Being honest at times gets messy at first. But I also promise you, it'll be way better, way better, not too long from then, because you were honest. Mm -hmm. Now you can throw away what you don't want, give to the Salvation Army, give over here a cell, and put everything back, fold it nicely, and now it's like you're thinking, man, nothing's cluttering your brain, like someday I gotta clean that out. Someday is come and gone, past. Let's get healed, let's go on. Amen. Read the rest of this, and we'll close. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity. That word iniquity is perversion. And in whose spirit there is no guile. So he's talking about somebody being blessed and happy who's honest and forgiven. He's not talking about somebody who's blessed and happy who's never made a mistake. Right. Talking about somebody who's blessed and happy, which we should all be able to relate to, who's been forgiven. They've been truthful about what they needed forgiven for. Next verse. When I, oh, here it is. When I kept silence... You know, just hiding and covering and you know, pretending, pretend, pretending before God. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. What's going on here? This person is not being honest with God. And they may not being honest, be, be honest with the person. And there's something on the inside eating them up. And the thing about it is God won't stop dealing with you as long as you're a child. He will deal with you until you get this thing right. He will allow some things to work in you that aren't His perfect will. He'll allow some quote-unquote torment. It won't go beyond certain levels, but the enemy, when we're living in deception, the enemy has access to harass us. And there's times God will allow that harassment to certain levels to get us a realizing, I need to deal with this thing. I'm a Christian. Because <laughs> if I didn't feel bad about this, I wouldn't be saved. Let me say that again. If we don't feel bad about living in sin you're going to start wondering if you're even saved. I'd rather feel bad about living in sin and be prompted to do something scary like get it right mm -hmm. than to pretend and live with my bones waxing old and roaring inside all the day long. That's not fun. It's like everything's on hold. My dreams are on hold. This is on hold. That's on hold. When I kept silence, David said, my bones wax old through my roaring all the day long. Next verse. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. Pause. Calmly think of that. Next verse. David said, I acknowledged my sin unto you, God. And I didn't say God, but if you read the context, I acknowledged my sin unto you, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the perverseness of my sin. Woo! That's Freedom Day! That's Freedom Day! Next verse. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee. So you can have missed it and still be called a godly person. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when you may be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come near unto him. Who? They'll not come near unto the man who is honest, fessed up. Hmm? 
One more scripture, please, then we'll close. I'm sorry, we have to go to Matthew 5, and we'll close with this one. Um, here's, here's one more thing I want to leave with you, and we can continue this later, of course. But um, here's one more thing I want to say. This will only take a couple minutes. And that is, we have to watch out about, you know, these, these polite lies, and we have to also watch out and, and be aware of that there is such a thing as a positive no. It's very positive at times to say, no. No, thank you. Getting into false reasons why you say no, why you don't want to go to the movies with them, why you don't want to go hang out with them, or why you don't want to do this, or what. Getting into false explanations actually comes from the evil one. That's why we just need to stay away from it. We need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Whatever's more than this comes of evil, Jesus said. This is what the whole kingdom of darkness is based on, deception. Friend, there's healing all over this. I, I know, I know this, there may be some challenges up, coming up for some of us, but listen, you, you can get through it. Mercy is bigger than any mistake anybody's ever made. I pray if there's any conversations that go on in our church after this meeting between spouses or between workers in the church and leaders in the church or our leaders, workers on the job, I, I, if there's any conversations that go on after this, I pray and believe that the mercy of God will make everything better than it was before. Because mercy is wow stuff. As the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him, worship him. Well, if, if we were right now, like in a, uh, we watched a movie recently called Aeronauts. It's about one of the first weather balloons that went up. Did anybody see the movie Aeronauts? Did you see it? It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's so cool. They go way up. They're going way up. You know, the highest that man ever went in 1860-something to do some weather studying. And they went way up there. They went through a storm cloud, a cumulonimbus. They're flying around, stormy. And, and then they get through that, and they go above the cloud. And then it starts getting real cold. The air starts getting real thin. But the views are amazing. Like, Wow. I mean, they're like up to 36,000 feet, 1860, in a balloon. <laughs> and and the, the thing wouldn't open to get them to go down, so they just keep going up. And the guy's like losing his mind because there's hardly any oxygen. She's freezing, and she climbs on the outside of the balloon at 36,000 feet and on these ropes, and she's freezing. She passes out, slips down, gets up there, stomps on this thing, gets the ice broken. Finally, they get to open the thing up, and it starts to slowly go down. Well, I said all that to say this. When you're that high, when you're that high, and you're looking out over the world, it's like, wow. What's that like? That's how great God's mercy is toward us right. who worship Him. When you see the mercy of God in operation, it's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I was thinking electric chair. God said, no, restore. Right. <laughs> Come on, you remember Manasseh? You remember Manasseh, right? Manasseh caused his children to pass through the fire. Sought witches, enchantment, witchcraft, made Israel sin worse than the heathen. This guy gets brought into affliction, Manasseh the king. In his affliction, he humbled himself greatly before God. He got honest. You know what humble means? It means to depress. Not depressed like depression. It means to pop the bubble. Depress. Get, out, get all the hot air out. Turn to your neighbor and go, pop. <laughs> 
let's get real. Let's get real. Get all the hot air out. And ladies, can I just say this too? You don't have to make yourself look fake on Facebook. You're amazing the way you are. You, you are. You are amazing the way you are. Wrinkles and all, jowls and all, gray hair. You're amazing. You can't be any more cool than in the image and likeness of God. That's as cool as it gets. You're beautiful. You don't have to deceive anybody. If somebody wants you because of something you're not, you don't want them. There's somebody who will love you and every wrinkle on your face. And they will care for you and see the real you looking out your eyes. So instead of going to Matthew, let me just tell you what it says. Jesus said, you've heard that it's been said, and I, um, don't swear at all by heaven or by earth. Watch out about all these oaths, swearing by the new Jerusalem, swear, swearing by Jerusalem, the city of the great God, swearing on your head, swearing by God, swearing at his throne. Jesus said, you've heard that it said, watch out about swearing. He said, but I'm going to go one step further. Don't even swear at all, let alone who I should swear by. Should I swear by God's throne? Should I swear by God? Should I swear by the Jerusalem, the city of our king? Should I swear by my own head? He says, you've heard it's been said, all these swearings, you know, to prove you're a person that's going to do something. He said, I'm going to go beyond. Stop swearing. Stop saying, I promise. If you have to say, I promise, you're already condemned. How about our word is better than an oath? How about it's just who we is, not because of legalistic duty, but because we love being honest. What if we had the reputation that, man, that bunch at Faith Heights Church, they may have a few imperfections here and there, but I'll tell you one thing, they are people of their word. They are honest and they're not afraid of truth. Amen. They say they're going to do something, they do it. It's called sacrificial honesty. So let me just read this and I'll let you go. Sacrificial honesty. God sees this kind of honesty. And this kind of honesty requires courage. This is not for wimps. It's scary. Everybody say it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> but how many want some stuff in the past? Amen. So the healing can begin. Yes. Say, Lord, Lord. Help me. To do, the scary thing. to do the scary thing. In Jesus' name. God sees what you give up in the process of being honest. He sees the falling behind because of your truthfulness. He sees that you're being honest and you're not going to be able to get ahead now in a certain deal. He sees that. Stop making promises and just be honest. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.